Shane Beamer met with some of the local media on a teleconference call this past Sunday night and admitted that there's a few things that the South Carolina Gamecocks need to work on, especially as the season progresses into some of these bigger games. Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you all for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every single day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube and also follow us on that audio podcast app if you want future notifications and alerts on all of our new shows with the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. So... For today's show, we're going to be recapping some of Shane Beamer's comments that he had on his Sunday teleconference call with some of the local media here in the Columbia area. And after I finish going over my takeaways from some of these comments, I'm going to give y'all three bold takes that I have for the rest of the 2022 football season after what I witnessed in this first game against the Georgia State Panthers. That's going to be the roadmap for today's show. So let's go on ahead and get on right into it with Shane Beamer's teleconference. Now, I do want to mention real quick, all the sound bites that are going to be in today's show are courtesy of Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk Media Network, who reposted the teleconference call on his website at, I believe, sportstalksc.com if you want to listen to the entire thing. So, first of all, regarding some of the injuries from the Georgia State game, offensive tackle Ja'Kai Moore and safety R.J. Roderick seem like they are up in the air for the Arkansas game, as Ja'Kai Moore's injury was, quote, more serious than originally thought, according to Coach Beamer, and R.J. Roderick's arm injury will have to be taken day by day, essentially, during the week, based on what Coach Shane Beamer said. He did also state that they are hopeful that running back Christian Bill Smith will be good to go for the Arkansas game, but of course, this will depend on how he's feeling in practice, and admittedly, even if Christian Bill Smith is cleared to play against Arkansas, I don't foresee him going out there and getting like 20, 15 plus carries. I think they would, of course, try to slowly work him back into this rotation but um, after what we saw this past weekend I think it'd be fair to say that it would be nice to have Christian Bill Smith as an option in South Carolina's running back room so let's look at Shane Beamer's first comment which I took note of from this teleconference which was when he was asked if there was anything he learned Saturday night that he didn't know about his team until they played their first game against Georgia State And Coach Beamer referred back to the adversity his team fought through in order to defeat a good Georgia State team in Williams-Brice, especially the new guys who had to play on Saturday night. Take a listen to what he had to say here. You feel like there's any, you mentioned last week not knowing how your team would react in certain situations or how you would react. Is there anything you feel like you learned about your team last night that maybe you didn't know going in and had to just get to a game they'll actually see and learn? Um... Yeah, I mean, you never really know just how your team is going to handle um, adversity, and we knew that was coming in, in, in coming at some point, and it would have been very easy for us, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, and, you know, I don't know, maybe our players thought that when at halftime this thing was going to be, 
in hand, and I knew that we were going to be in for a battle last night. Um, and I, hopefully our players, you know, knew that as well. But until you're actually in that moment, you don't know how you're going to react. And um, you know, there's all this excitement about the, the game last night and everything in the stadium. And then we go into halftime, and it's a dogfight. And then we throw an interception on the second play of the second half. It would have been very easy at that point for people on the team to start, you know, bickering, for the players to play tight and afraid of making mistakes. And we didn't. It's kind of like, all right, we're we're built for this, and let's go, uh, let's go respond and and uh, and keep attacking. And that was good to see because until you're actually in that, you you don't know. And I don't mean to say that we've got all the problems solved because we're going to certainly you know, face adversity on the road this week and we're not going to be in our home stadium with 83,000 or 80 plus thousand people, you know, cheering for us. It's going to be a different environment. So we've got to handle that well. But I did learn that, um, that, you know, this is a team to have that many young guys out there uh, handled it well. And then the other thing I'd say too, is just to have so many young guys out there in some critical situations, you know, Kawan Banks, uh, Stone Blanton, you know, had a nice drop in, in coverage on a third and long they had. They ran four verticals and he was there. We were in three deep and and um and they had a good call against what we had in what we had and Stone made a nice play and and uh you know Gilbert Edmonds not a young guy but he did a nice job rushing the passer last night and and Juice Wells in his first game action. So being able to see how some of these new guys responded, they responded well last night and the moment wasn't too big for them. And that is what Coach Shane Beamer had to say regarding what he learned about his team from this first game. So my main takeaway from what Coach Beamer said here, some people from the fan base and a lot of people from outside of this fan base don't understand how good of a team Georgia State is and will be this season. I mentioned it in sort of my Georgia State wrap-up show just yesterday that I think Georgia State is a team that could potentially win nine or more games this year. And... I think that the fact that they are Georgia State and considering the logo that they have, the conference that they play in, I think that all those facts are sort of clouding people's judgment and thoughts on this game. Again, especially people from outside of the fan base for South Carolina. Obviously, the win was ugly, but one thought that we should all keep in mind here, the team from last year would probably lose this game against Georgia State, or at the least being an absolute dogfight at the very end. And we didn't play a complete game, but yet we still did find a way to win by 21 points, which should not get lost in the shuffle here. And for the team to not let things snowball in this game shows, in my opinion, overall growth in the locker room from a culture and mentality standpoint, which is more impressive when you consider all of the quote-unquote new guys that we had out there. For the freshmen especially, I think it's fair to say the staff has gotten a lot of hits on the defensive side of the ball from this past year's recruiting class. You know, we may have gotten a glimpse of, in the Georgia State game of what this defense is going to look like in the future with guys like Nick Emmonworry, Stone Blanton, DQ Smith, and a few others leading the charge there out of that young group. Now, another question that was proposed to Shane Beamer regarded how coaches are either coaching or allowing it to happen in terms of in-game habits that some of these guys have in practice. And so he was asked what he thought the coaches could do to try and correct some of these mistakes going from week one into week two. And while admitting that 
the way in which you teach players could affect how much they retain that information. Coach Beamer made sure to emphasize that every team has issues that they're dealing with after week one. So here's what he had to say regarding all of this. Hey, Shane, this is you're kind of talk about either coaching it or allowing it to happen. What what can you guys do as coaches to kind of clean some of that stuff up as you go in from week one to week two? I think we just, you know, um, you know, we always talk, you know, Colin, I think, you know, about uh, different guys learn different ways. And, and we, we, we uh, not every player learns sitting in a meeting room and hearing the coach, you know, talk about it. Some players need more one-on-one time. Some players need more group time. Some players need to walk through it on the practice field. Some players are better at live reps on the practice field, whatever it may be. So continuing to, you know, try and, try and, uh, um, uh, be better teachers. I think we can always, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, just continue to just emphasize it as well. You know, we, we do a perimeter blocking drill every week. You guys have been out there in one of the live open practices in August and saw us do it. Well, you know, we emphasized the heck of it and we were really good at it defensively last night. We controlled the perimeter. I mean, Darius Rush made us some really big time plays and the ball got thrown out to the flat, but, um, you know, offensively we weren't good enough and uh we've got to be better so just maybe looking at in practice do we set that do we set that drill up that period up a little bit differently than what we do but again i'm not going to overreact to game 1 every i think every coach in america right now is talking about mental errors that their team made on offense yesterday or defense special teams but you know offense and and uh and and uh uh probably aren't as happy with whatever they wanted i mean uh, all I kept hearing about was Ohio State, how many points they're going to score against Notre Dame last night. I don't think they played as well on offense as maybe they wanted. Or I saw Coach Kiffin uh, upset at his offense and the way they played against Troy. So, I mean, it's early in the season. It's one week. We'll continue to coach it and expect to make a lot, you know, a lot of improvements. But also, having said that, too, it wasn't that bad, guys. Right, we just beat a pretty pretty good Sunbelt team uh, by three touchdowns at home and didn't play great on offense. So we ain't sitting around here feeling sorry for ourselves, like what the heck's wrong with the offense. We, we didn't play great last night. We had a hell of a win, and uh, we can't wait to get back to work. So my thoughts on what Coach Beamer said here. Coach Shane took the coach's high road, so to speak, with this answer, but he is right on about what he said about how guys learn. In lieu of our fandom, we sometimes forget – that not everything in a football program is linear in terms of how long it takes before some players can contribute, how long it may take before guys can handle the physicality of the SEC schedule. The point is we sometimes get carried away in thinking that all these guys think and act and learn the same way, and their growth curve is basically the exact same. But that's not always the case, and It's just not the way that humans work overall. Now, with what Shane said regarding the mistakes that his team made this past Saturday, that did come off as a little bit defensive, even though he seemed to try to make the point that, you know, not everything is as bad or as good as it seems, which is true. And, of course, there are plenty of other teams that do have their own share of issues after week one. But I think that his defensiveness does come from the fact that he does want to see more out of this offense. I think Coach Beamer understands that there is some clear issues at a couple of different spots. And while some of them, of course, are correctable, there are others that have remained consistent trends in this offense from last year all the way into week one 
against Georgia State, the game that we watched this past weekend. So I think that that's where some of this defensiveness comes from. I don't think, of course, that he's upset about the reporters asking him those questions. I think it's more so the fact that he knows that there's a reason why they keep asking these questions, because this offense has to do better. And so I think that's sort of why Shane responded the way he did in regards to trying to correct some of the mistakes from week one heading into this week two matchup against Arkansas. And speaking of Arkansas, he had a few opinions on what exactly it is South Carolina will need to probably do in order to try and defeat the Razorbacks in Fayetteville this coming Saturday. What was it that he said? Well, I'll get into all of that in just a few moments, but before I do so, I do need to pass along a message from our sponsors for today's show in Underdog Fantasy, the fantasy app that's the easiest to play and where you can spice up your college football season. The thing that makes Underdog Fantasy different from all the other fantasy apps out there is the amount of focus and attention they have put towards their fan user-friendly experience. I was able to go on their app and navigate between all the diverse pick'em options that they have, not just for college football, but for many other professional leagues as well, like the NFL, Major League Baseball, and many others. If you don't take my word for it, then take Mark Cuban's, Kevin Durant's, and Adam Schefter's word for it, as they have all personally invested in Underdog Fantasy. And the best part about joining Underdog Fantasy is that when you sign up with the promo code Locked On, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, meaning if you deposit $100, they will match that for free. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so let me give y'all my final takeaway from Shane Beamer's teleconference from this past Sunday night, which is regarding what Shane's initial thoughts were on what South Carolina needs to do in the Arkansas game this upcoming Saturday. Basically, what the top priorities will be. And he mentioned multiple things that will be important when it comes to this pivotal road game against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Here's the soundbite of what he had to say. Hey, Chris. Um, what's the top priority as you're starting your week scouting Arkansas? What are you, you know, looking at to prepare first? Yeah, we got to certainly, uh, you know, we need to create more turnovers than what we did, you know, offensively last night, defensively last night. We uh, we uh, we were able to get one turnover on the interception and then um, uh, had a couple on, you know, offense that we gave away. So we've got to be better at creating turnovers. And then the other thing I would say is just obviously, I mean, you guys know this and ladies know this, we, we've got to be able to run the football. Um, if, if, uh, Arkansas or any team, Georgia State, South Carolina State, Arkansas, Georgia, they're able to, uh, make us one dimensional or make any team one dimensional. It's hard to, uh, call plays that way. So we've got to, we've got to find a way to run the ball and, uh, and, and continue to work on stopping the run as well. And again, we've got one game of, uh, our body of work right now that we can look at and say, okay, here's kind of where we are. Here's some warts that maybe showed up that we didn't anticipate that we've got to, you know, maybe have a, a better, better answers for as far as what we're doing, offense, defense, and special teams. And we got a better idea about our personnel. So well, it'll be a big challenge, but we're excited to get to work. Now, 
as it has been mentioned with any opponent that is about to face Arkansas or that is going to have to face Arkansas at some point in the 2022 season, Coach Beamer understands that it will start in the trenches for South Carolina. And if they can't win in the trenches, then this game will be significantly harder to pull out a victory at the end of the day. And with him mentioning turnovers in his answer, in my opinion, this is purely based on the fact that this is a road game for the Gamecocks, and nothing sucks the life out of a stadium more than the opposing team getting the football back for their offense, forcing turnovers, getting yourself some extra possessions, which in a game like this one against Arkansas, you may need in order to be able to try to win this game. And South Carolina, of course, was great at forcing turnovers in 2021. And to win big games like this one, I don't think there's any doubt that they'll need to do the same thing here. So that does it for my takeaways from Shane Beamer's Sunday night teleconference call that he had with the local media. So now I'm going to give y'all my three bold takes for the rest of the season since the Gamecocks have now officially played their week one game against the Georgia State Panthers. My first bold take involves a young player being a starter for this Gamecock defense for the rest of the season. And if you have been paying attention to this show or you've been reading all the reports for the last few weeks, then you know that I'm referring to Nick Emmenworry. I think that he will be a starting safety in this defense for the rest of the season. Now, I understand that he's only played in one game. And I already know that some of you are going to send me tweets or jump down the comment section saying that I'm jumping the gun way too much, which, of course, is why I'm calling this a bold take here. But in my opinion, in week one... Nick Emmenwory has already shown some of the things that he can add to this defensive backfield for South Carolina. He made multiple critical stops on both fourth down and third down against the Georgia State Panthers on Saturday night. The fourth down stop came on the first defensive drive of the game, where Georgia State, for the first couple plays, was driving down the field on this Gamecock defense. And in that same drive, R.J. Roderick would go down with his right arm injury, would have to come out of the game, and of course would not return. So Nick Emmenwory was the first guy that the coaches called upon and sent him out there. And on fourth down, the Panthers decided to try to run the ball on a fourth and short, and Nick Emmenwory was one of the guys that ran into the hole, met the running back, and helped to stop the Georgia State Panthers from converting and continuing their drive, thus getting the Gamecock offense the football. That was a big play in that game and something that completely stalled the momentum that the Panthers had built up on the first drive of the game. He also broke up a pass over the middle of the field on another third down attempt for the Georgia State Panthers where he was covering a slant or crossing route very closely and the receiver managed to get the ball, but Nick Emmenwory collided with him not long after he got the ball, forcing him to drop the ball and essentially helping to get somewhat of a pass breakup on that play. So my point is, Nick Emmenwory was making plays like he was a second or third year player on this Gamecock defense. And he has all the tools that you want in a starting safe, which of course has been discussed ad nauseum by many people associated with the program. He's lanky, he's physical, and he is built for a true freshman. He also has shown an ability now to be able to not just hit guys and jar the ball out, but also be able to cover as 
well. Backfield. I think that Nick Amenwari has a chance to be a better version of essentially Israel Mukwamu. And of course, I know that he played cornerback in his time at South Carolina, but let's be honest. The majority of the fan base that really understands football, I think, could tell that Israel probably belonged at safety more so than he did at cornerback. But, of course, that is a completely separate discussion regarding all of that. The point is, I think that Nick Emmett has a high ceiling. I think that he doesn't play like a true freshman in terms of his awareness and his IQ. And I think that he has all the physical tangibles that you could want to where even if RJ Roderick comes back, which hopefully of course he will from this arm injury he suffered. I think that Nick Emmanuel just provides a little bit more on the field than Roderick. And I think that he should be the guy out there and he will be the guy at safety. At least that's my bold take regarding that. My second bold take for the rest of this season I think that Marshawn Lloyd is going to have a game this year where he gets 100 yards rushing and 75 receiving yards as well. Lloyd showcased a lot of what he looked like prior to his ACL injury back in the 2020 fall camp for South Carolina. He was very explosive against the Panthers to the point where he even hurled a defender. And in my mind, he looked like he could literally walk on air if he wanted to on that same play. He was also very powerful in his upper body as he stiff-armed multiple Panther defenders in order to be able to keep going laterally towards the sidelines on some of these outside runs. And he also showed, of course, his quickness with his feet. He managed to get a few extra yards because of his agility and just how quick he is with his footwork. I don't think there's many defenders that, quite frankly, can move their feet as quickly as Marshawn Lloyd. And against the Panthers, he had 30 rushing yards and 31 receiving yards, which was a pretty even stat line. And it could have probably been higher if he had gotten a little bit more help. But again, we've we've touched on all that and we're done with that part. South Carolina does have some games against teams like Charlotte, South Carolina State, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, where the defensive play from those teams more than likely is not going to be very good. And despite the fact that he shares the rushing load in the backfield with guys like Juju McDowell, Christian Beal Smith, and even Jaheim Bell apparently this season, I do think that Marshawn Lloyd can definitely accomplish this mark at least one time in 2022. And, of course, I got one final bold take for the 2022 season regarding one of South Carolina's receivers and his reemergence in this offense. And I'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, my final bold take for the rest of the 2022 season after week one's completion. I think that Jalen Brooks will be a top three receiver in terms of receiving yards for the Gamecocks this season. Jalen Brooks was probably the biggest surprise of the night for the Gamecocks against the Georgia State Panthers, nabbing four receptions for 88 yards in the game. So, Why do I think that Jalen Brooks now could be top three in terms of receiving yards and quite frankly might do the same in terms of receptions as well? Well, Jalen Brooks, in my opinion, really performed admirably considering the fact that he hadn't played a game since about week six or seven of this past season. Again, due to some personal reasons in which he had to take care of some things off the field, which of course is more important than football at the end of the day. And I have to admit, I had a lot of question marks as to whether or not Jalen Brooks was going to really be a very productive receiver for this team on the field this year. If he was going to be able to provide really 
a big impact out of this group because of all the guys that we had brought in, like Antoine Wells Jr., like Corey Rutger, and of course, all the guys that were returning from last year's team, like Josh Van, like Amarian Brown, like to carry on Joyner. There was plenty of reasons to believe that, you know, Jalen Brooks would come back and he would be maybe a solid rotational piece, but he might not be really a big figure in this passing game. But after Saturday night, Jalen Brooks reminded all of the fans here at South Carolina that he still got it. He could still make some plays. He has really shown an ability, in my opinion, to be able to nab some really hard passes that are still sort of in his catch radius, making two really solid catches for the Gamecocks this past Saturday night. And of course, last year, he had one of the best catches in the entire college football world in 2021 against Georgia, which, while the game itself didn't go very well, he had one play where he had beaten a corner by a step or two on a deep ball and literally spun around, was leaning back, and managed to raise his hand up and catch the ball one-handed from Luke Doty. So Jalen Brooks has shown that he can make solid catches. He has shown adequate speed, in my opinion. He's a solid route runner. And this is now his second year in this offense as well. And despite the fact that he missed a lot of spring practice, the latter half of the 2021 season, it seems like that that has not really slowed down Jalen Brooks' progression in this pro-style passing attack. So with that bearing in mind, and considering the fact that a couple of these other guys didn't really step up a whole lot on Saturday night. Again, I understand that it was week one, but I now believe that Jalen Brooks could end up being a bigger part of this passing attack than I originally thought heading into the 2022 season. So, what are y'all's thoughts on what Shane Beamer said at his teleconference on Sunday night regarding what needs to be corrected for this team going forward? What his thoughts were about the Arkansas game? And lastly, what are your thoughts on my bold takes for the rest of this season going forward? Do you think that Jalen Brooks could be a bigger part of this receiving game? Do you think Nick Emmonworry has officially become one of South Carolina's two starting safeties in this defense and he'll hold that role for the rest of the year? And what about Marshawn Lloyd's ability to maybe help out in the passing game and the rushing game as well? Do you think that he could have a big game both rushing and receiving at some point in 2022? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts as always in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And once again, I thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every single day. Y'all really are what makes this show possible. So... For your second listen, I would like for y'all to go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview for 2022. This is an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Combine the thoughts and analysis of both local team experts and the NFL insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network. So search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, and of course, wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.